All right, fellas. Let's go! Welcome to another edition of Young Persons Radio right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am, as always, your host, Colby Smith. I will be with you until the 11 o'clock hour, at which point we will be followed by Two Thumbs Undecided, the movie review show that has swept the nation and continues to sweep. And then at 12 noon, badass babes. And then at 1 p.m., objection to the rule, Radio Free Brooklyn's answer to the Sunday morning political talk show circuit. So we have every possible base covered. Every interest you could have is being touched on at some point today on the Radio Free Brooklyn programming schedule. So keep that player tab open on your browser. Keep the Radio Free Brooklyn app going on your Android or Apple device. And of course, check us out online at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com to see everything we've got going on. Now, folks, there are radio show guests and then there are radio show guests. And this guy is the latter. He's a senior writer for Rolling Stone, where he's interviewed Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Neil Young, Robert Plant, and countless more. And he's being very generous with his time being here at Radio Free Brooklyn this morning. It's Andy Green. Hi there. How you doing? I'm well. Thanks for coming. Cool. Cool. And yeah, it is like no problem. I'm glad to be here. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, uh there, there are sort of, if, if I could be uh, uh, vulnerable for a moment. Okay. Go there ahead. are three sort of big classic rock artists that I still keep up with obsessively. Uh, okay. They are Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen, yeah. and Elton John. And you yeah. are kind of the, one of the go-to guys at Rolling Stone for all of those. Yeah, I'm a super fan of all three of those things yeah, yeah. in a big way. Yeah. One thing that I think we have in common uh, from reading you is that mm-hmm. uh, uh, you uh, uh, know how fun it is to see the same artists over and over and over again. Yes. Can yes. I ask you, if you have the numbers on hand, Yes, sure. what's the count up for Springsteen now? I think I'm at 101. Oh, yes. Yes. We broke a hundred. Yes. That's it's a very incredible. recent thing. I think the rainforest benefit, I think that was a hundred. Mm-hmm. And then when I was, I was, I was in Asbury Park and I light a day and yeah. that was 101, I think. And we're counting like you, you've seen like late night appearances and stuff too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I count seeing him and Fallon yeah. and something. Oh, yeah. Which doesn't totally count, but it's a live performance. So I totally, it. yes. I yes. think it's like accepted fan, uh, 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 protocol to count stuff like that okay good, like the good. stand up for heroes oh yeah i got all of those yeah yeah, yeah. They're very, i went to one in i think 2014 mm-hmm. uh and it was awesome it was yeah great uh it's he's in such a weird mood at those well you know? and his jokes are never that fantastic <laughs> horrible. But, and it's always three songs but yeah. it's well worth it yeah yeah for people who don't know he, he does this benefit uh every year Pretty much every year, uh, yeah. and always tells dirty jokes at them because he's like the only music act, uh, more or less, each yeah. time. It's like a lot of comedians, <laughs> and he just tells these horrible, dirty jokes in between songs, and it, it really leads to a unique concert experience. It's it's a weird thing because because he says dirty words and everything, yeah, and he gets sexual. It's very unbruce like. It's very unbruce like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like it's the one time he tries to be like ironic, right? And it yeah, just does not fit. Him. No, it it does not work. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a similar count for Dylan? Dylan's probably like 89 okay, or yeah. something. I, yeah, yeah. I, I have not counted recently, but that yeah. Beacon Run well, was a ton, so that adds to it a lot. Yeah. How many of those did you see? Three. Three? Yes. I was on last night. Oh, yeah. Where Were you at that one? He, uh-huh. Yeah, he, I was. We talked about it on the show a little bit where yeah. he made fun of Martin Scorsese from the stage. 
Yeah, it was. It and was great. It was like Jan Wenner was the previous night. Oh, yeah. So it was strange to hear him talk because he kind of, he hasn't talked to the shows for years. No, but no. now there's band intros mm-hmm. and there's little jokes and then there's audience recognition. It's, it's, it was, it's shocking. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, we were, we were on the floor, uh, brought some binoculars. Uh huh. It was my first time doing that. Oh, and right. it, uh, it enhanced the experience. I yeah. Would say. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It's also, it's so fun if we could just, uh, talk about that run specifically sure. at the moment. I feel like, you know, he's doing the thing now where he's keeping the set list the same every night, which is right. abnormal for him. I guess less, uh, less abnormal now. It's become normal and that bothered me for a very long time. Yes. Because back in the day, in his golden era of like 98 until 02, which yeah. is this amazing Unbelievable. period. Yeah. It was different every night and it was so exciting. And, and it was so different every night. Yeah. It was radically different. It, I felt like any song in his whole catalog was, was fair game. Mm-hmm. And I would stand in front of the stage at those shows and it was just euphoria. I was yeah. seeing like the master in what I, in what I felt to be his prime. Like yes. I could feel it. And then to watch that slowly crumble yeah. <laughs> it was painful until it was just agony. Yeah. He chipped away everything that made it good. Cause mm-hmm. these good bad members left. Yeah. And then the acoustic set left. Mm hmm. And the set list got smaller and smaller and more predictable and his voice got worse and worse. <laughs> and it was just horrible. And, but the past couple of years, yeah, it, it's not back there, but he's found a new groove for it. Mm-hmm. And I've got, I've accepted that this set list is very well thought out. Mm-hmm. It's paced very carefully, well rehearsed. The band knows these songs. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. If, it's really fun uh, yeah. to go. And it's, there's so much recent material in the set list, mm-hmm. which like, you know, people have, uh, whatever, whatever qualms about. Yeah. But I feel like the songs he's picked are ones that he can nail. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's certain songs that he can't sing anymore. Right. If he tries to do some of those older songs that are full of words, it's just yeah. this stream of incoherent mumbling <laughs> and it's terrible. But if he sings Cold Iron Bounds, mm-hmm. it just works. That's a, such a good song. Yeah. Uh, he did. There, there were some on this uh, most recent show that I was like really uh, surprised at how just like beautiful they were. Like he's playing a lot of piano now mm-hmm. uh, and sounding really good. Uh, like him doing When I Paint My Masterpiece. Oh, it's beautiful. Out of this they world. They slow things down for that when he does Girl from North Country. Yeah. Slows it down to, a, to as minimal as possible with a band. And it's just gorgeous. I partially wonder if he zapped his throat or something if he yeah. finally if he just nodules just, just scraped or lasered <laughs> or something because his voice sounds so much better yeah he really i mean he's singing fantastic right now yeah uh, i mean compared to recent years you're right, right. Yeah. <laughs> terrible there was this long wolfman period yes where we'd walk on stage just going <laughs> and the whole show was just that and it was just like oh my god i was laughing yeah. afterwards about uh uh his phrasing on it ain't me babe yeah which is just him rushing through that chorus of it's going it ain't me babe uh, there are certain <laughs> moments in which he is a bit late so he has to squeeze in a bunch and it was yeah. he's like it's yeah. just, <laughs> just like this yeah it, there are no words at all said, but the other moments where it's really good. I the first time I saw him was in 2007. It was oh, the, that was a bad period. It yeah. was not great. <laughs> uh, it was like supporting uh, Modern Times. Oh uh, right, and it was like fun to hear those songs live. I mean, it was exciting to be there because like I'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was still just like, okay, don't know if I'm going back. And of course, of course, I went back. Yeah, uh, I think I've seen him more than any other artist, but not in the numbers you're you're talking about. <laughs> well, 
I go way back to like yeah to like to I guess my first show was Valentine's Day '98. So okay, go yeah. Back to that. So you got yeah. to see this 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 golden period we're talking about. Yeah, I saw it a ton. I I, I was in college then. I would drive yeah. to all these shows, and mm-hmm. it was fantastic. Yeah, 2007. I was uh, uh junior in high school. Okay, so, yeah. So I I also started early. Just right. Late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're but it's so nice being here now. Uh, uh, I grew up in Maryland, so uh, it's been nice to being here where you know he's he's coming every other year. He's doing the beacon. He, He's just every Thanksgiving. He yeah. just ends up here. And there's yeah. more shows every year. It went from like three to five to seven to ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was his longest run in the city that was mm. since 1962. Oh, jeez. Which crazy. would have just been like at Cafe Wa or something, right? Yeah. Or yeah. like Gertie's or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> A long time ago. Yes. <laughs> it was like the JFK administration. I mean, it was forever ago. Yeah. Uh and we were talking a little bit beforehand. You've seen Elton thirty odd times. It might be a little more. I'd okay, have to yeah. count. I, I I have list somewhere, but that goes yeah. back. I saw him in nineteen ninety two or oh, three okay. uh, on the uh, on the one tour. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll get right. I was hoping to maybe build up to this. Okay, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. No, 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 yeah. no. I'm I'm not saying yeah. uh, I'm not saying we should reel it back. Yeah. I think yeah. we go right into okay. it. Okay. My theory is yeah. that nineteen ninety three yeah. is his best live year yeah i mean i was in fifth grade i didn't really know the music i just knew the one i just knew that album so i knew the simple life i knew the last song and the one and he played them early yeah and i i turned to my mom like mom he's he's already played all all the good songs (laughs) and she's like and she's like she was like no 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 actually he 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 has other good songs yes so i i remember rocket man when the panel was turning circles but Mm -hmm. i wasn't quite there enough to, sure, sure, to understand sure. what I was seeing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 93, you get the end of the one tour, which is where he's yeah. doing these big stadiums. Like he's doing Earl's Court yes. in, in London, and he's bringing out like Captain Fantastic and, and Come Down in Time and stuff with a full band. Yes. Uh, and then the back half of that year, you get another solo Ray Cooper tour. Right. Uh, yeah, which was a sick time. Yeah. I mean, incredible. Yeah. That's another, we were just talking about, uh, the, the thing that came out on Friday, the Elton Ray Cooper live in Moscow 79. Yeah. I would love to see a 93 Ray Cooper show released in some way. Yeah. It would be sick because when he doesn't have the band, it forces him to think of the show in a different way. Mm-hmm. And he plays different songs. Yeah. He will play tonight or something. He'll oh, play a song man. like that that he would never touch with the full band. Right. And it's just a different energy. It forces him to do more on the piano. Mm-hmm. He is less reliant on the backup singers at the time or whatever. And it's a more pure experience mm-hmm. of him. I think that him at his best is with a small band. Yes. Or with no band. That his best tour by, I mean, I guess I think was in 1970 was the mm-hmm. old Elton John band. Right. Of just bass and drums and him. Yeah. And it created almost punk-like energy on stage. Yeah. It was crazy. And as the band grew, I felt that something special was mm-hmm. lost. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that they put out uh, a couple of years ago for Record Store Day, like an expanded eleven seventeen seventy. Oh yeah, uh, album. Yeah, it's it's so fantastic. He pounds on the piano. He's oh, like great. Jerry Lee Lewis and yeah. and and like D Murray on the bass. Yeah, is just sick. Oh man. And with Nigel there, it was just. It's a, t- it's a totally unique sound. I'd never heard a piano band that had no guitar like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, it was partially, it was just for budgetary reasons. You know, right. They had no money back then. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, but it, 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 
it just worked. I mm-hmm. mean, I love that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, um, part of what is so interesting about those solo shows is like that to me is his legacy as a songwriter is those shows because it, it's a, it's a more people aren't just coming to hear the hits. I mean, maybe they are, but it, it gives him the freedom to kind of show his variety a little more. Yeah. I mean, I saw him in 1999. Oh yeah. With just the piano and he walks out, he plays your song first. Right. He was basically gets saying, it out of the way. yeah, he, he's like saying, look, I've done that shit. Now let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he did, and it was, it was sensational. Do you think he feels trapped by all of his hits in any way? Because I, having read a couple of your interviews yeah. with him, mm-hmm. like in 2014, he's so excited to be playing Empty Sunset at the, at yeah. the, uh, or Empty Sunset, Empty yeah. Garden and Indian yeah. Sunset at the, at the, um, at the Vegas show. Yeah. 2015, he's, I have it down here. Hold on one second. He's like really ex- excited to talk about like the wonderful crazy night songs. <laughs> right. And he has some, he has some line that's like, I think after we play these, they're going to become staple Elton Johnson. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, Oh, it's like so tragic to like, <laughs> it's tragic. He was super psyched about that record. He was in the Rolling Stone office and he played it for us. Oh, wow. And he was singing along to it. He was so happy. <laughs> and it was just. It didn't happen. No. He was playing three of the songs for a few weeks. Yeah. And then just one and then zero. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think with the hits, I think his whole business model is based on I tour every year. Mm-hmm. I do a hundred plus shows a year. Yeah. That in the late nineties, he broke free of the album tour cycle. And his yes. thing is, is that tour never ends. Mm-hmm. It's basically like Dylan. He gets no credit for it. Oh yeah. He has as many shows as Dylan and, and often more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, since 97, yeah. he has not gone a year without playing almost a hundred shows. Yeah. Yeah. And he will go many years in, which is no album. It just keeps going. Yeah. And his business model and his lifestyle is built around, he does a hundred shows a year where he makes at least a million dollars a night. Yeah. Yeah. And if people show up and get bummed out or bored, the odds are far less that they will go back next year. Right. Or they will tell their friends it was a fun time. Mm-hmm. So he sort of, he's cornered into this thing where, because if he pulled the audience at most venues mm-hmm. and asked what songs they wanted to hear, yeah, for 99% of the crowd, it would just be the hits. That's yeah. certainly songs that they know. Yeah. So he feels this intense obligation to just yes. not bore anybody. And just to just fill them with the light the entire show. Yes. And it's so easy just to play Rocket Man oh, a yeah. trillionth time yeah. and watch everybody go nuts. You don't have to learn it, you know? Yeah. And so he just gets into this fugue state where he can just play it all in his sleep. Right. And I'm sure he's bored. And Tantrums Antieri's talking about how bored he is yeah. playing funeral for a friend over and over. Yeah. And that was like 25 years ago. Yeah. Um. So I think the shame of it is his lack of hardcore fans is a problem. Yes. yes. Um, and he wants to please people and it's so easy. Yeah. And so profitable. And he's just, it's very unfortunate. Yeah. I, I, uh, in, in rereading a bunch of your interviews yeah. with him for, in preparation for this, it's, yeah. I, I was going to say to you that it's like, He's he's addicted to telling you specifically. Yeah. One day I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do a concert with Amarina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I personally asked him at least twice about playing Tumblr Connection straight through. Yeah, yeah, it would be great. And at opening night in Allentown, I just asked Davy Johnson this, and he says on the stage, he was like, "This next song is from Tumblr Connection, and maybe one day I will I will play straight through. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> you know? 
I was sitting there. I, I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, he's even talked in his new book about a rarities tour that he wants to do after mm-hmm. this tour. He's always, he keeps talking about it. He keeps talking about that. And, and Davey told me there was talk of playing Beacon and a few other venues. Yeah. And he even told me that he wants to play Pinky. He wants to do a show <laughs> where he plays Pinky like songs, <laughs> but it's always in like two years. <laughs> right, 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 right. And that time never comes because when the time comes, it's okay. I could go play Pinky or make a million dollars a night. Right. You know, it's just yeah. sadly, there's no push for it. Yeah. We'll get it uh, in two years after this tour is done when, when his voice is completely gone. <laughs> I that's my dream is that the farewell tour finally ends, yeah. which is probably going to be in like a year and a half or yeah. something after 10,000 concerts of the same concert every night. Yeah. Um, maybe a year passes and then maybe my dream of at least one show yes. <laughs> of other songs. Cause it's not like Billy Joel, who I love where a lot of the best songs are kind of like the biggest songs. Totally. Elton yeah. has such a rich, deep catalog, mm-hmm. especially in the seventies. But, but, but even the eighties. Oh yeah. Of so many good songs. Yes. I feel like most every song on the albums between 70 and 76. Oh yeah. Were great. I mean, he had that run where it was like six perfect albums in a row. Yeah. He all made like two a year. Yeah. No, he was bulletproof. It was one of the best runs in the history of modern music, I mm. would argue. Then after 76, it collapsed. Like, yeah. it, but he recovered a bit, but. He has these songs and they're just covered in dust in a closet somewhere. And I sit there at these shows as he's playing Benny the Jets and I'm yeah. just like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. When he goes into the long thing at, at the end of Benny the Jets yeah. and the crowd's going crazy, I just sit there like, oh, <laughs> enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's just a drag. I was convinced when the union came out. Yeah. Uh, and he did, there were like two shows. There was one here in the Beacon. That was awesome. Did yeah. you were there? I, I was there, yeah. Okay, so you know what I'm about to say, which is yeah. like one of the first songs he plays is Ballad of a Well-Known Gun oh, from Tumbleweed. I and was, I was like, this is going to kick the door wide yeah. open. Like they were going to be hearing that song every night on this no. tour. <laughs> two times. And then it's gone. I mean, I saw him his 60th birthday concert at the Garden yes. in 07. It was Where To Now St. Peter. It was a mm-hmm. whole early set stuff. Yeah. I'm, here we go. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's always a false dawn. Yes. Cause he's, I'm sure he plays it and he looks in the audience and he sees people on their phones and everything mm. and he just can't, he yeah, can't it really it. bothers him. He mentioned, I feel like, yeah. uh, um, I don't know if it was this show exactly, but yeah. when he was touring after the diving board came out and was throwing yeah. a couple of those songs in the, in the set, which are yeah. even like, it's, it's, those aren't arena songs. No, you know? no, like, no. Um, but he's like, this is a new one. It's called Home Again. Um, please don't go to the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. why would you say that yeah. on, on stage? Yeah. I think those particular songs in a basketball arena. Yeah. They're just death. I mean, way obscure. When he put out the cap and the kid in 06, yeah. right? I saw him at, it was at Lincoln Center. Mm. It's a small show and he played the album straight through. Yes. And then it was an hour and a half of his biggest hits. Right, just right. even that, even a small Lincoln Center show, as if to say, "Sorry." Yeah, because <laughs> they first told me it was just the album he was going to do it. I'm, I'm like, "Awesome!" Yeah. And then they said, "Actually, he's changed his mind." You know, he he even a single night for the on the week of a new album at right. a tiny theater, it was there's a voice in his head that says, "You have to play Honky Cat." You know, yeah. it's just he 
can't not do it. He also he talks about a lot this this night in '75 when he played when he like opened yeah. a big show at I want to say it was like Wembley Stadium. Yes, with the Captain Fantastic album all yeah. the way through, yeah. and that it like scarred him. It's it's a major moment in his live history. Yeah, because yeah. he fired the band. He had a brand new band. He had this awesome new album. He was super psyched. Mm-hmm. They were at Wembley Stadium, but I think the Beach Boys. They played first, maybe even the band. Right. <laughs> I forget it was the band, but it was definitely the Beach Boys. The Beach, the Beach Boys, Boys were on the show, yeah. Yeah, so the Beach Boys, they did like an hour and a half of all their surfeits, and the crowd was all pumped up. Yeah. Then he walks out and does an hour of new album mm-hmm. in a stadium where it's impossible. Yeah. He, he watched the crowd just deflate. Yeah. And in his mind, he was like, never again. Can't do this again. And he's basically, with some big exceptions, he's stuck to it. Yeah. And as a hardcore fan, because there's not a ton of us, you know, there's not. I do want to, I want to acknowledge this on the record, which is that, uh, uh, this is an extremely niche episode, (laughs) but that's the media landscape now, baby. Of course, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there are, he does not, we were talking a little bit beforehand. It was, he does not have the same kind of devout, uh, hardcore fan base that like a Dylan or a Bruce has, but there's so much there, like there could be there or there could have been, I guess I should say. Yeah, I guess partially it's because they aren't served very well. Right. But he has too many hits. When you are on yes. radio for that long, and he dominated a decade, basically, mm-hmm. that it created so many tens of millions of casual fans oh, yeah. that are, are with him forever. Yeah. That the few and the proud are us that really yes. dig into the albums. That's right. He's a greatest hits guy that I think his best one album is probably greatest hits volume one or something, mm-hmm. you know. And he's just, he's just still so much on the radio. Yeah. That he's able to play these places. It's just, it's just a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. I mean, I really, uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's so many ways that could be done differently. <laughs> yeah. But uh, with less money. So that's the yeah, problem true, for him that true. he has a lifestyle that sort of demands an endless flow of money. Mm-hmm. For his flower arrangements in his house and everything. Right, right. He lives like a king. <laughs> and this farewell tour, which I think is complete bullshit. Yeah. It's sort of, I think sales were getting a, a bit soft because mm-hmm. he'd over toured. He was forced, he was forced into playing in like D markets. Yeah. He was going to Wyoming and Youngstown uh-huh. and Roanoke, Virginia. He was playing at these tiny arenas all, all, all over the country. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even charging a ton for him because these right. are towns that don't have much money. I think that they said, "Hey, if we if 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 we jump on the bandwagon and say it's the farewell tour, we can triple ticket prices. Mm-hmm. We can Which do like ten gardens. Yeah, we can hit every arena in the freaking world like six times over. Yeah, and milk this forever. <laughs> and then when it's done, you'll just keep touring. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's just such a transparent ruse. I know. I know. <laughs> well, it's like it's it's the set list thing. It's like." I saw him in October 2018 yeah. uh, at first night at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming back in April. I don't feel the need to go, really. Yeah, he dropped Believe and put in I Want Love. Yeah. Because I, I think I Want Love is a part of his movie, so yes. he figures that's more well-known. Yeah, that's a better song. I think. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I prefer it, too. Yeah. And it's an acknowledgement that the past 25 years happened. You know, right. it used to be that Believe was the newest song of the night, mm-hmm. like, by a long shot. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so that's a change. Didn't, he dropped one other, I forget, but it's 98% the same. Yeah. yeah. And it's even the same speeches at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's the same tracksuit, you know, yes. swap outs. 
it's the same moment where the panel goes across the stage. If yeah. you watched a video of a hundred shows lined up, yeah, it would basically line up into one show. Almost. Well, yeah, well, yeah. It's like it's not even fun to like listen to the bootlegs because you know it's going to sound yeah. exactly. I got excited when Davey hurt his shoulder, so uh, they brought in John Jorgensen to yes. to play guitar. Yes, and I'm like, wow, this is something a little different. At yeah, least, totally. Yes, I was pumped. <laughs> uh, but then Davey comes back. It's just. It's like seeing a Broadway show. Yeah, and yeah. for me, the joy of a rock concert is something that's unpredictable. It's yes. You're seeing a unique experience. Like my love of Springsteen shows, which oh, is totally. intense, yeah. or I love I love seeing Neil Young, is any song is possible at mm-hmm. any moment. And even the same songs are performed a bit differently. Right. You, you, you don't know when it's coming. You sense this is a moment in time that will never be repeated. Right. I, I'm here and, and it's forever on tape, but this is one time. Yeah. And bummer for me with Elton John is I don't feel that at all. I feel yeah. like I'm at Wendy's and it's the same experience yes. just somewhere else. Yes. And I keep going because I love Elton John. Yeah. But I go less. When he was at the Garden a few months ago, I felt mm. no need to go right. again. Right. Which sucks because I want to see Elton John and I yeah. love seeing Elton John. But he's not giving me the thing I need. <laughs> totally. No, no. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, uh, um, I feel like something is even lost. When he doesn't play Madman Across the Water, for example. Yes. Which is a song that he loves. Yeah. He loves playing, and the, he and the band just go nuts on. I, I think they did it in 2011 or something. I think that was the last time, yeah. And I'm at the garden, and I could just feel the attention drifting. Because mm-hmm. that song is like 12 minutes live. Yeah, whatever. yeah, they play it super long. And in the long interlude in the middle where he's playing the piano, he's so into it, I could just... They, the whole energy changed. Everybody yeah. sat down, mm-hmm. and... And the roar of the conversation in the crowd gets louder. The the bathroom like runs are getting more and more. Yeah, you just it's like a balloon starts to deflate in the whole arena. And yeah, it's a yeah. Bummer to be enjoying the it's song. I know. And feeling that deflation happening. Yeah, I know. It's really it's 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 frustrating. Yeah, As someone who is just like, man, maybe we'll get Nikita. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but he even focus groups like the hits if he plays Europe, there's a better chance he'll do Blue Eyes or do Nikita yeah. because they were hits there. Right. Yeah. So, and same with Sacrifice. Yeah. He will play that more in Europe mm-hmm. because that was big there. So yeah. he's even because a funny thing with Elton is his obsession with the charts. Yeah. His whole career he carries around like he will write in a journal like the cash box number yeah. and the billboard number and country by country. Mm-hmm. He is obsessed with his singles positions and everything. There was an uh, an incredible moment, I thought, in uh, you guys just did him and Lana Del Rey on the cover. Yes. There's an incredible moment in that when they're together where she arrives yeah. and he's like, oh, congrats on your album. It's been number yeah. one for like X amount of weeks. And she was like, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, he... He's obsessed. Yeah. I interview so many veteran like rock stars. Yeah. He's the only one who cares about new music. Yeah, all of them. Yes. I talk to most people, and then they tell me that the last album they bought was like Peter Gabriel's "So." Right. That they do not, get, or like Garfunkel. It was even earlier. They do yeah. not give. They could not care less mm-hmm. about old music. I interview Elton. He he will say to me, "Hey, did you hear the new single by like Rihanna?" Yeah, I, you know, and he gets way into stuff. When he was in the office last time. He was so excited about the new Blur album. Yeah. He goes, guys, I think Graham Coxon is killing it. And I'm just <laughs> like, how are we talking about this? You know, but he follows all of it. Yeah. 
he listens to everything. It, there, in one of your interviews with him yeah. from about Wonderful Crazy Night, he's yeah. like so excited to be on Island Records. Cause yeah. He's like, they've got the killers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's and very silly. <laughs> he listens to new music. He calls them up and, and he befriends them. He, he, he becomes like a grandfather figure to all mm-hmm. these people. And he can listen to a new pop song by like Ariana Grande and have yeah. an open mind to it. Totally. And see what the merits are and love it. And it's such a, he loves music in such a pure way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's one of his best features of him totally. as an artist is just how much he just cherishes this. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, he does this, he does this radio show for, for, for Apple Beats, mm-hmm. uh, where he just like, he plays an hour of new music all the time. It's yeah. incredible. Right. And just think of Billy Joel or something. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you Billy imagine like... anything he cares less about <laughs> yeah, than, than the new Ariana what, Grande or singer. like what Halsey's doing right now. I mean, he, <laughs> nothing would bore him more. It's also yeah. noise to him, you know, whereas Elton just is like, hell yeah. Oh, I love the beats here. I mean, yeah. he really even likes rap music. Yeah. 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 He was like an early Kanye West champion. He's always just like, oh yeah, 808s and Heartbreak. Yeah. One of the greatest albums I've ever heard. Right. I talked to him in like 06 or something. He mm-hmm. told me he wanted his next record to be hip hop based. So that funny. He wanted beats in it. And as he's telling me this, I'm like, oh no, this is not yeah, a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so he really wanted to do it. He was thinking about having Dre work on it or something. Mm-hmm. He had it all planned out. And then he flew to Detroit to, uh, he was, he had a recording date that was booked with Eminem. Yeah. And, 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 and he landed there. It was the day proof died. Who was in D12, who was uh-huh. Eminem's yeah, yeah. best friend and was canceled and, you know, and the album didn't happen, oh, which yeah, is probably yeah. a huge relief for yeah, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We all, we all dodged there. That was a bad idea. <laughs> no, but he has balls. I mean, I talked to him once and he told me that his label insisted that he record a album of Christmas songs mm-hmm. and a Motown covers record. I heard about the Motown one. Yeah. yeah and his counter was, I quit the label. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. refuses to acquiesce to crap like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of his great virtues is how involved he still is, uh, in, in the scene. Yeah. I think it's so interesting. Yeah. I, I, I was slow on reading the Bruce Springsteen memoir. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I read it last summer and then Elton's book came out, uh, in the fall. Uh-huh. And it was interesting how important to both of them this kind of later day period is in terms of, establishing their legacy as like legends you yeah know? like bruce really thinks that reunion era shows and like onward are like a huge part of why he's still around well and, and he's and, right and, and it's true i was thinking about this that bruce in 1997 yeah was a real faded figure mm-hmm. he was not he was playing theaters on the tom joad tour yeah he seemed just like an 80s has been it was the East Japan reunion that changed everything. I mean, I like, I love Neil Young, but he was bigger than Bruce in the entire nineties, basically. Mm-hmm. And what they had and how they have handled their career in the past 20 years has changed, has changed them in a big way that Neil yeah. is more of like a niche artist now. Yeah. Uh, and Bruce is as big as he's ever been, essentially, yeah. at, at least as a live performer. Yeah. And with Elton, I think it's just staying in the culture. He goes on the view. Yeah. He plays the Grammys. He tours like a maniac. <laughs> he got really smart about his legacy. Mm-hmm. If you're a veteran artist, you have to polish your legacy mm-hmm. or your Bob Seeger. If you just don't care, yeah. 
if you say, you know what, I have my hits and my fans, I don't care. Yeah. I won't make a documentary. Right. I won't make a box set of the old albums. I won't write a book. I won't do interviews. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You just have your old fans and yeah. they get older and you're forgotten. Yeah. I love Bob Seger, but he's been sure. forgotten. Yeah. Whereas Elton, he had a really smart plan for this year. Mm-hmm. He goes, or for these past few years, he goes, you know what? I had an album. I, I had an album that bombed. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm playing smaller shows now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a book. Yep. And a biopic. Yeah. I will time them perfectly. Yes. Time to, to my fake farewell tour. Right. <laughs> it all planned out and suddenly he's big thing again. You right. know, it's very smart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bob Seeger is an interesting counterpoint too, because I think a big thing with him was like his, his music was not streaming for years. I have begged him to do this stuff. He has like six, or seven albums that are out of print. Right. Yeah. You can't even buy them. Mm-mm. They're nowhere. Um, he's never put out deluxe versions of his albums. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't like yeah he hasn't remastered them really. Yeah. There's no box set. There's no documentary. There's no book. He, it's frustrating as a Seeger fan mm-hmm. just to watch him personally not give a shit. Yeah. Wait, I can swear right. I don't even. Oh know yeah, no, you're sorry, fine. Sorry. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it used to be on my yeah. other radio. It's, right it's internet radio. Of course, yeah. of course, of course. <laughs> I just didn't want to. Um. Yeah, it's it's just a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a a favorite Elton gig or one that looms large in your memory that I've seen? Yeah, yeah. Or or that yeah. you've heard. Well, I guess yeah, both. they're very different. My favorite I saw was his 60th birthday. Okay, yeah. Because as I said, the first hour almost it was a show in like three segments, and yeah. the first hour was just like 70 to 73 or something. Yeah, yeah. High flying bird. Yeah, to watch yeah. him play what you now St. Peter. Yeah, I was just in ecstasy. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, I was so happy. So I really like that. And I, I like the piano show. I've just seen one piano show, sadly. Hmm. Where was it that? It was Blossom Music Center. I'm from Cleveland in yeah. 1999. I oh, was, that's great. I was there with my dad. We were up close. He was singing so great at that point. Yeah. It was a wonderful time. Hmm. Um, and I saw one October of 01 hmm. in Cleveland at a small arena. And it was the... You know, it, it was it was like it was a, it was a comeback of sorts because Songs yeah. from West Coast was so good. Yeah, and he played like six songs off of it. Oh yes, and it was this train. Don't, it was this train. Don't stop no more. Mm-hmm. It was all these new songs, and he was pumped by the reaction to the album. Yeah, it was the most positive feedback that he got in a very long time. Totally, and it was a great album. I love that album. Yeah, I really really love it. What what do you what do you feel about the la- the like last couple? Last couple songs from the West Coast, great. Let's just go yeah, through. Okay, no, them. You want to go through? I, them? I will go through them. Okay. okay, okay. Because even Bernie has told me that the big picture and the and like made in England sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I bought them new. I was a fan then, so yeah, I enjoyed course. them. But I hear them now, and I think Bernie's right. Yeah, I think so. Too. It was overproduced crap. Oh was, yeah. yeah, it sounds like trash. Right. Yeah. Uh, the tour good. The tour big good. Tour great. Yeah. No, I enjoyed that album. Bad. Uh, Just where, so everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, where songs from the West Coast. It's like he heard Ryan Adams. Yes, and, and was yes, he was. But he was like, "Hey, I can do that, but better." Mm-hmm. And he did it better. As my friend Rob Sheffield says, it's it's a better Ryan Adams album than any album by Ryan Adams. Yes, yeah, um, and he would cover "Oh My Sweet Carolina" at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and he, he sounds got, great. He was super. He was just. He was just super motivated at the time. Yeah. Um. And he brought Nigel back in the band around then as the drummer. Mm-hmm. And 
I think I read the backup singers. I forget exactly, but it was just stripped down band to, to some degree. And it, he just felt refreshed and he felt alive. And it was yeah. an exciting time to be a fan. It was the same time as, as it was, it was the same time I saw Bob Dylan at, at the same thing. Oh yeah. It was a good time. Um, and then Peachtree Road, I was psyched for, it didn't quite get no. to where I wanted to go. And I've talked to Bernie about it. He feels the same way. Really? Yeah. I think they thought they could do it again, but, but the gospel parts didn't quite work. Yeah. And the songs weren't there. It just no. wasn't as strong and it was a bummer. There's it, one or two on that that I think are pretty fun. Yeah. I like the porch swing and Tupelo song. I like that one. I kind of have a spot, a uh, soft spot for freaks in love. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of yeah, them, it's this really forgotten record and it bombed. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So he was hurt by that and he stopped for a few years. Can I just tell you a quick anecdote oh, that's coming to mind is that I saw a Taylor Swift on the 1989 tour okay. at MetLife. Uh-huh. I'm waiting for the bus back to Port Authority afterwards. Yeah. And a, a, a like an older couple is standing behind me and they're talking about the song Turn the Lights Out When You Leave from Peachtree Road. And I was like, this will never yeah, happen again. A rare moment in history. It's the only time that song that it's ever been talked about yes. by anybody. <laughs> like that was the moment. And, and uh, you were there. That's the one thing I got to see. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my Elton John 70 or 60th birthday show. Yeah, I remember it was out the same time as like Dear Heather by like Leonard Cohen. Mm-hmm. And both records just like didn't exist yeah. besides in like my collection in my dorm room in college. Right. It was like those albums <laughs> didn't happen because no one talks about them. It didn't happen. And so he had like three years after that of just of just like of being bummed. Mm-hmm. And then they had the idea to do a sequel. To mm-hmm. they they did the captain and the kid yeah which I really like it's got blues never fade away I love that song it's an incredible song yeah and there's just, there, there's other good stuff on there it's a little too ambitious sure because I think that part of what's great about about the first one is it's telling a very small story it's sixty seven to like seventy that mm-hmm. they're telling is this small period of time yeah then to go from like seventy to oh six yes. <laughs> <laughs> It was asking Bernie to tell too much story in like 10 songs. Right, right. He did it in a very clever way. Uh, and I think it's great. I think, but the songs that it's that they work together like better than apart in some ways, mm-hmm. which hurts them as a, as a touring thing. I yeah, mean, he played yeah. like two for a few months and yeah, zero, yeah. of course. So it's the old story. Yeah. Uh, and so after that, and then that did nothing. And he no, was, that one really, he bombed. was, Furious about oh, that. Oh yeah, I remember I, that he like quit the label after that. He right? told he, me that the label didn't do anything. That yeah. they didn't promote it. Mm-hmm. He's very cognizant of things that fans aren't like the budget for yes. like, promotion and what the what the push is. And it was a time in those six or ever when the industry was just collapsing. Mm-hmm. It was there was no money, which is very which is very new to him. He was used to a different industry. Sure. And I'm sure I'm I'm am sure the executives were always leaving and coming, and a a New Elton John album was just something mm-hmm. they didn't give a shit about. Right, right. So that was just gone without a trace. And then he really thought that he was done. Then I think he was mm-hmm. so dejected, mm-hmm. hurt, and pissed. But then he he tells a story. He was on safari, and he hears Leon Russell. Yes, and he starts crying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he calls him up, and out of nowhere, he had. Not talked to him in decades. He he had never met T Bone Burnett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he decides to just do something for the love of music. Mm. And if you watch the film about it, which is really oh, yeah. great, I love it. Yeah, I have, like an illegal download of it. Yeah, on my hard drive. <laughs> uh, that's Cameron Crow. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it's very well done. And some of those songs are 
great. They're really good. I love the union. Just Me the song too. the union. I love hearing Neil Young do his part in it. Yeah. 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 On, uh, Gone to Shiloh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah right. Yeah. It's great song. And I'm a, I'm a big Civil War buff too. So mm-hmm. I love hearing it's just Bernie's lyrics are never so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And the last song that Leon wrote in the hands of angels and arms of angels. It's beautiful. A beautiful song. Yeah. And you see in the documentary when he comes in. And he's sick, and then he's hunched over, and he goes, hey, guys, I wrote a song last night in my hotel room. He just plays it for him, yeah. and Les Elton starts sobbing. Yeah, he's, like, breaking down. He has to, like, leave the room. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful, and they made an album that was the most against the grain of what was current in mm-hmm. that time period. Oh, yeah. And brought Leon back from the dead, almost. Leon was playing yeah. bars. Yeah. He had no money. He was an old man that could barely walk, mm-hmm. that had to keep touring to feed himself. Yeah. It was so tragic. And yeah, Elton did one of the best things he's, 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 ever, he's ever done for somebody. Mm-hmm. He brought him back to play in the garden. Yeah. He got a big tour bus. It was just shows that Elton is a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. And the album, I mean, it's, it's a bit long. Yeah. You could probably cut a couple of those. Yeah. Um, but there's some really There's fun. some great songs. So, just, yeah. The energy, I saw a bunch of those shows where they played together. Okay, yeah. Just the two of them face-to-face on the piano. Yeah. It was so different than with Billy Joel face-to-face at the piano. It was people with real respect that weren't just cashing checks and mm-hmm. playing the hits. They were digging into each other's music. Right. And it was beautiful. Oh, it's phenomenal. I mean, I never got to see any of those. I only I only got to uh, hear the bootlegs. But I, I really mm-hmm. think that's the last time he was, like, really adventurous on stage. Yeah. For those shows. Because it was polishing off ballad of a well-known well-known gun oh and, yeah uh, no it was awesome yeah i don't think it sold very well but it got attention at least yeah it definitely got what attention. it did was it gave the press a great angle yeah if it's just an album there's not a story to tell if it's a story about him and leon and that and all of a sudden there's a great story and, yeah. and it's everywhere yeah 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 and and he gets that um the band that they assembled for that that album and then those couple like, oh, yeah. promotional shows too. I was like, they sound unbelievable. That, there's a version of Tiny Dancer from that from mm. that Beacon Theater oh, show. Right. It, it sounds better than it has in years. Yeah, it was all T-Bone. Yeah. He brought in these really ace guys that approached it differently. Um, and I loved it. Um, and the next one is the, the diving board. Yeah. And I remember I was psyched about it because he, cause he was playing a few of the songs live. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was saying that he wants to do just a stripped down, like, piano album yeah. similar to the live stuff with just drum and bass and everything. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, he's yeah. finally doing it. Yes. Yeah. And I was really pumped. And I went to Electric Lady where they were debuting mm-hmm. it and Bernie was there. Mm. And I sat in the couch and Bernie sat on the arm of the couch next to me. He didn't yeah. talk to me. He didn't even know what it was, but he was right. right. I was almost touching him the whole time. Right. <laughs> and I played the album straight through. And I have to say, I like it now. I was almost falling asleep at the time. And it was really <laughs> awkward. I got burning to see me sleeping. Yeah. But, you know, they're like torch bells or whatever he calls it. And yes. some of them are great. Oh, I've learned yeah. to love my quicksand. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde gets out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Can't Stay Alone Tonight is the one I really yeah, like. Yeah, I love that, that song. Uh, but... It's a little long. It's a little long. It's a little slow. It's a little samey at times. Yeah. It requires repeated listenings to get into yes. the songs yes. and know them. Um, and on stage, it just died to death. I, I mean, you can't imagine music less made for a basketball arena. I know. 
that you tour could... that tour started at Bridgeport, Connecticut in yeah. 2013. Uh-huh. I went to that show. Oh, that was wow. one of the only times I've like traveled to see a show. Uh-huh. Uh and he does he does uh, uh Voyeur. <laughs> and it's I love that song and I'm just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it." It was gone 3 nights later. Yeah. No, he just surrenders. When you go from Philadelphia Freedom, yeah, and Honky Cat, and then you play my quicksand or something. Yeah. It's just it kills the mood. I know. It's a uh, shame. They're yeah. so good. They're great songs. They require what he could have done as a theater tour. Yeah. And done like the whole album. That and been he incredible. had come and advertised as such. And yeah. it would have been amazing, but not that profitable. Right. But it didn't right. happen. Yeah. And so his mindset was, okay, well, that one didn't do very well. I'll do the opposite now. I yes. did real sad songs. I want to do happy songs. Yeah. So he told Bernie, I want, I want happy songs. Yeah. So they did a wonderful crazy night, which I was pumped for. Sure. He came into that was himself. I sat in a small room with him while he, well, he played the whole album on yeah. the stereo we have there and he was bouncing around to it. Yeah. And I wanted to love it. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to feel it. I wanted to. Experience his joy with it. Yeah, I know. Songs just aren't there. They're not. Yeah, yeah. It's that one. I don't care about that one at all. <laughs> yeah, I know. I played it three times. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't hear anything on this. I'm liking. Yeah, diving board. I like that one. Kind of stuck with me. Yeah, that I, one I go, would like come back to. Yes, I go back to that. We're wonderful, crazy night. I should play it again. Maybe I mean, yeah. it's a little too quick to judge it. But <laughs> it's the same thing on tour. That there was three songs at first. Yeah. Now zero. Yeah, yeah. It's a point we keep coming back to. Yes. We're frustrated, Andy. Yeah, I know. We want to hear the good stuff. I'm fantasizing of my 2023 tour. Yeah, that's Pinky, and it's my father's gun. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and all these songs. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Well, we can always dream. <laughs> yeah. I've got to ask you what it's like uh, interviewing him. It's great. I was really nervous the first time. Yeah. Because I've seen Tantrums and Tierras. Yes, which I, I'm obsessed with that movie. Yeah. So I imagine him yelling at me. I mean, I just imagine. <laughs> but he's one of the few major rock stars who calls himself. When the phone rings, it's just him. Mm-hmm. There's no publicist that patches in. There's no manager. And that's oh, really wow. rare for what I do. Yeah. Um. And there was, you know, and he's funny and he answers every question. He's very funny. He'll field any question. I I think he likes talking to people like me because I really ask about the music. Yes. And yes. his new songs, which is what I care about. And we have a great discussion. There was one time I was doing a big oral history of Goodbye Gilbrick Road. I was talking to him and, 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 Bernie, and, and right? Bernie. Yeah. And he calls and I'm like, hello. And I, I hear hi, it's Elton. I'm, I'm calling for Roger. <laughs> and I go, no, Roger. No, and I go, no, Elton, this is Andy. He goes, I'm calling for Roger. <laughs> and I said, no, you think, no, it's Andy. He goes, I'm calling for Roger. <laughs> and I was like, no, Elton, then just click. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that didn't go well. <laughs> that was not a good interview. <laughs> um, and I just start sweating. I go, oh my God, that really didn't go well. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, it was like, the most stressful, like, 15 seconds of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the, at the last time he yelled. I mean, he thought he was talking to some more an assistant or something. Uh-huh. And then I waited, like, four horrible minutes, and the yeah. phone rang again. And he goes, I'm so sorry. I was given the wrong name. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> I go, well, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was rough. But, but, but besides oh, yeah. that, uh, he's great. Yeah. He's funny. 
And when he comes into our office just to, just to play us new music, he's when he went when he's off the record, he's gossipy and he, uh-huh. he's just great. I love it. Yeah, he's uh he's shockingly normal. Mm. You know, and he's he's just fantastic. And Bernie too. I love interviewing Bernie. I was gonna say I've we, like we've got to mention yeah. how cool Bernie is. He is the coolest guy. Yeah, the funniest guy. I can, you know, I'll bring up songs to him just to shot surprise him. I'll be yeah. like, Bernie, I want to hear about I'm Your Robot. Yeah, and yeah, writing that from, song. And he goes, oh. From Jump Up? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, God, I don't, I don't even remember that song. <laughs> I am, yeah. Well, you wrote it. <laughs> he goes, oh. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's so funny. I go, like, what caused leather jackets? He's just like, drugs. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's, just, he's very upfront about that in the book also, yeah. Elton is. Whereas I interviewed Davey Johnson, I'll bring up leather jackets, and and he gets defensive. Oh, you know, interesting. I think his posture is that, is that the records are all fantastic. That right. There's no right. bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> is Paris on leather jackets? Oh, I don't remember. I want to yeah. say, I want to say it's either on that one or Red Strikes Back. It's not a Red Strikes Back. Yeah. Uh, but... There's always like one song that I'm just like, oh, I actually kind of no, he, the genius of Elton is his ability at any moment in his life, no matter how many drugs he's on, no matter Mm. how out of it he is, how bored he is, how angry he is, he can he can he can sit at a piano, yeah, off the dome, write a song, yeah, the melodies just just pour out of him. I mean, he was I know he wasn't Howard Stern maybe like 25 years ago. And they gave him a parody about Howard to Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Uh-huh. And he goes, guys, I'm sick of that song. I want to write a new song to these words. Oh, yes. yes. He just sits there and off the dome, like live on the radio, just, 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 he just, he just, he, he, he just wrote a song. Yeah. And it's like a superpower. There's a clip of him doing this to like microwave oven instructions. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, we played on the show before. We might have yeah. to do it again. Yeah. It's it's the funniest uh, funniest thing. One of his greatest assets, I think, yeah. is how funny he is. He's so self aware. No, uh, yeah. There's that scene at Tantrums and Tierras where he's at the Oscars and he's watching like a red carpet, mm-hmm. and they go, "Here's so and so," and he goes, and, "And a huge new fat ass." Yeah. I mean, he was just <laughs> ripping in every person that was on the TV. <laughs> he, he's. <laughs> So funny. He's great. I somebody yesterday uh, asked me like what 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 my my earnest pitch would be for him yeah. for like what the appeal is. Yeah, and I think it is that everything you think of when you think of the like rock star archetype yeah. is the opposite. Like yeah. he doesn't play the guitar. Yeah. He has a high voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's like not cool really in any way. He dresses like a maniac. Yeah. Uh. Uh. But he's still a huge star. Yeah. And I think that's what he's like so idiosyncratic. I think it's uh, the best. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. I mean, he's colossally famous. Yeah. And the songs are much weirder than people they can credit for. They're mm-hmm. not even banging the Jets. Oh, yeah. It's a weird song. Yeah. It's not a traditional radio song by any means. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it just works because of the energy that he brings to it and just the oddball way of approaching a song. Yeah. Yeah. He's a. Uh... He's the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hell, I'll go in April. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I will. But yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably will not. Uh, but uh, I'm kind of talking myself into it. Let's do two quick. Uh, let's do one quick Bruce thing while we're Please. while we're here. Please. I would love to hear because you were at what I think is 
is maybe my most coveted show, right. which is Count Basie. Oh my god, I can talk about this for hours. Which is yeah. uh, Darkness and Born yeah. to Run well, in full. But they didn't announce that. Right. What they announced was, first of all, like Clarence had just died. Mm-hmm. It was a very emotional time. And they announced he's playing one show at Count Basie's solo acoustic. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. You know, I gotta go to this. I, 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 I was in the zone then where I was flying like the shows all over the country. Totally. I was in the complete zone yeah. on that tour. Well, I mean, magic tour. Oh no, it was not Claire. It was Danny had just Danny died. Just yes, died. So, sorry. Yeah, it was yeah, Danny yeah. just died. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, 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 sorry. Um, so they announced it's just one show and the tickets are a thousand bucks minimum. Yeah. But I emailed, I emailed, I emailed the venue. And mm-hmm. I said, look, I want to cover this show. They said, oh, they, it's okay. I have one press ticket. We will give it to you. I'm like, thank God. One? Yeah. They had one ticket for the entire press, basically. Oh my God. So. Andy. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I'm, I'm very lucky. And I was so amped up. And then they announced it will be the street band. And yeah. I'm like, oh shit. I've never seen a four street band show at a little theater before. Yeah. I was a bit bummed out because it wasn't like a solo show, which, which right. was going to be special. I was super psyched. It was, it was the street band. And then I show up and there's whispers that he's going to do an album straight through, which he'd never done mm-hmm. ever. And I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like 15 rows back in the center. I'm just like, Oh my God, he might do born to run straight through. Yeah. And then I heard someone whisper. I saw the set list. It's darkness and born to run. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, bye. I'm like, bye Chris Christie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then the show starts. Did he do born to run first? I think he does darkness. Yeah, first. yeah, you're right. It was yeah, Badlands yeah. first. Yeah. He walks out with the full band, and they just blend Badlands. And I, it was like, oh my god, he's he's doing it. Yeah. And so it was, it was darkness straight through, then Born to Run straight through, mm-hmm. and then an encore of like seventy songs. It was the raise your hand, and everything, all these obscurities. Yeah, yeah. So was, young and in love. So you know, okay. it was like three hours or whatever of all seventy songs. He didn't do one eighty song or anything yeah. all night. I'm sitting there and the whole time I'm like vibrating like it was one of the few times I've been to the show where I'm like, this is history. This is history. Yeah. This is history. This is history. I'm seeing. Yeah. I have one ticket stub at, at my cubicle at yeah. work and it's that, it's show. that one. Oh my it God. It was. And then a few months later, he started doing the albums. Right. Because right. the test run was so great. Yeah. And, and that run for me was one of my favorite runs ever. Oh my God. I saw all the albums. I was at, I was at Buffalo when they played Greetings, which was last Clarence show, God. <laughs> which was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was at I was at both Gardens when he did mm-hmm. the River. He and did Wild, Wild Innocent. Innocent. Yeah. yeah, and then at Giant Stadium, I saw all the shows. I saw I saw Darkness and Run and Born yeah. in the USA. So, but that Buffalo show, oh man, when they did Growing Up, then they pause in the middle and he tells the Clarence story. Yeah. And then they recreate, like, they recreate the cover of Born to Run. They <laughs> do the pose with his shoulder, with his, with, with his hand on his shoulder. And Clarence, you could almost tell there was such emotion in the room that night. Yeah. And to hear Mary Queen of Arkansas alive. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the Angel. Yeah. Which is one of his worst songs ever, but just <laughs> to hear it finally. Uh, it was one of the best nights. Oh. And that pit was packed. It was this sweaty, overpacked pit. Mm hmm. I, I couldn't see well at times. Yeah. And they played Restless Nights because for, yeah. for Steve. Yeah. That was the one time ever they played that. Mm-hmm. That was insane. And then a year later, I was at the Carousel House when they did, that was the last Clarence show ever with Bruce. Yeah. And that was incredible, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like bragging here. I feel bad <laughs> to tell these stories. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Dead. I live for it. I live for yeah. it. Yeah. 
Uh, I could talk to you forever about yes. this stuff, okay. uh, but it is with great sadness that I say our time has expired. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk about your, your forthcoming book uh, for just a moment? Sure. Uh, I wrote a book about The Office. It's yeah. my first book. I didn't really plan on doing it, but I'm a big fan. I did a big oral history of the dinner party episode yeah. on the website. I got crazy traffic. I got mm. crazy feedback. I'm like, hey, I think this is the seed of a, of a book. Mm-hmm. Then I spent, a, and I spent like the most stressful year of my life <laughs> doing a full time job as I reported a book, right? With just 12 months to finish it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I know with publishers, I'm like, yeah, I can do it in a year. They, they, they go great a year. Yeah, I didn't really think like, wait, I could have gotten two probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so every day I'd wake up and I'd, okay, I have one less day to do this fucking book. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it forced me to do it, and it's done. I'm, I'm very proud of it. I did about 90 interviews with mm. people. It's it's the story of the entire history of The Office. Yeah. It's out March 24th. March 24th. I can't wait. I thank you. Andy Green, thank you so much for being with us. It was my today. pleasure. It was so much fun. Thank I'm you. I'm so glad. So glad you had a good time. It was fun to dive into this stuff with somebody who knows uh, what I'm talking about. Because, again, yeah. as we said at the beginning, not too many of us there, out there. Very few of us. We are the few <laughs> and the proud That's of the right. hardcore Elton John fans. That's right. Thank you again for coming. Of course. Uh, I want to remind everybody that Radio Free Brooklyn's Drive to Five fundraise, r- fundraising campaign is underway. In May, Radio Free Brooklyn turns five years old, and we need to raise $25,000, which we are so close to getting, uh, so we can continue bringing you commercial-free, independent radio for another five years. Um, so check out... RadioFreeBrooklyn.com to see how you can get involved with that. There's a trivia quiz. Uh, uh, the the five, top five scorers will win a limited edition five-year anniversary Radio Free Brooklyn t-shirt, which even I can't get. Uh, so everybody check that out. You can also dial 718-673-8201 to leave us a message letting you know why you love Radio Free Brooklyn or to wish us a happy birthday. So check us out on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Andy, thanks once again. Of course. We're going to go out to just a few minutes of... Elton and Leon Russell doing Ballad of a Well-Known Gun. BBC Electric Proms 2010. Thanks again, Andy. Folks, keep tuned in for Two Thumbs Undecided. We'll be back next week. See ya! Hear the crowd. (laughs) We're going back to Tumbleweed now to do a song we haven't played in Britain for years and years and years and years. This is called... Ballad of a well-known girl.